Welcome to episode one with Michael and Eric, the podcast where we watch the first episode of a streaming exclusive show and talk about it. I'm Michael. And I'm and I'm Eric. <laughs> this week we watched Life and Beth on Hulu. It was on Hulu. Hulu. I saw the sign and it opened up my eyes. Yeah, I guess. Um, oh, or song from Moana. <laughs> Okay, here's where I want to start. Yep. Time bullet confirmed! (laughs) Time bullet confirmed, but that's not what sent him back in time. Time bullet confirmed I was 100% right because I told Josh not to respond unless I was. (laughs) You know what? In fairness, he didn't respond on Spotify. He texted me privately. In reverse fairness, he would have responded on Spotify, but it wouldn't let him because the character limit got reached. We got blown up about this time bullet thing. (laughs) And you know what? If they ever make a streaming exclusive show about Batman getting shot by a time bullet, let's have Josh on to talk about it with us. Okay. Um, Something I do want to call out. um, he, He can respond to our surveys now, too. Something I do want to call out for in Josh's favor for all of this is, um, dude, he texted me at like eight o'clock in the morning yesterday, which is like six o'clock in the morning, his time on the day that we released the episode. So like he he's on top of shit. Nice. He's he's the new number one listener in my eyes. All right. Okay. What'd you think of life and Beth? I hated it. Ooh, okay. Why? Uh, because it is it it relies heavily on cringe humor, and I feel the cringe more than I feel the humor. There was one moment in this that made me laugh out loud and think maybe I would watch more of this, but it was fleeting. Do you want to tell everybody what this is about? This is a show about Amy Schumer's character. I'm assuming I don't I didn't write it down. I'm assuming her name is Beth. Confirmed. Delightful. And it seems like she's not digging life so much. Her boyfriend is kind of an asshat. Mm-hmm. He is kind of an asshat. Uh had a moment of thoughtfulness, but really it didn't feel like all that thoughtful. But generally an asset, her job doesn't seem like something that uh, anybody would get real jazzed about, particularly since she doesn't seem like she's interested in sales. And her mom's a fucking asshole. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the episode, after her and her mom kind of have a fight, her mom dies. Created, written and directed by Amy Schumer. Yeah. Eventually, Michael Sarah is supposed to be in this, but he wasn't in this first episode. Nope. What what do you think of Amy Schumer overall? I know that she some people don't like her for some reason. There are a multitude of reasons that people don't like her. Some which in my opinion are illegitimate neckbeard like ah women She's aren't woman. funny. Yeah. sort of things. And then there are things that what minimal research I've done yeah, I agree with. She she's kind of joke steely. 
Oh, there, there have been a lot of videos that I've seen of her, and it's not just oh we we kind of came to the same premise sort of thing. Like I've seen videos of just like line for line stealing a joke. I don't like that. Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah, and and again, I don't know how much of that is her act because I, I haven't ever found her particularly funny. I didn't dislike her. I just haven't found her particularly funny. Yeah, I like some of her stand up. Um, I liked Trainwreck too. I liked Trainwreck a lot. I don't hate her, but she's not like a draw for me to like watch something. She trucks in a style of humor that a lot of bad female comics truck in, which is just shock and or gross out humor and i don't just mean like ha, ha her her period joke or whatever i just mean like yeah. i don't like it when a guy does it either it's just not i don't mind if a joke is gross but if the point of the joke is to be gross i am not a fan of it i i've mentioned this before i'm gonna assume you haven't watched the jacqueline novak stand-up special yet no i don't think so it's called Get On Your Knees. It is a mixture of stand-up and performance art and is 90 minutes of her talking about blowjobs. And it's fantastic. Okay. Highly recommend it to you and to all the onesies that are listening. Okay. Uh, what service is on Netflix? I yeah, it's on Netflix. Natasha Leone directed it. I'll check it out. We just watched uh, Taylor Tomlinson's new special that's on Netflix. Yeah, it's good. Huh? Really enjoyed it. Yep. Uh, so this show was 20 from 20 or the first season was 2022. And I don't know how, because we were doing this podcast at the time, how we missed this, especially with like Amy Schumer and Michael Sarah. It just went under our radar. And now they just came out with a new season and pushed it to my Hulu. And I was like, oh, okay, let's do that for the podcast. But yeah, I wonder if they didn't expect it to go anywhere or if we just, I mean, shit. The, honestly, there are whole several shows that I could, at least one I can think of off the top of my head that we've not watched just because during the time that it would have been prudent to watch it, like as it came out, four or five other shows came out and just had to crank through it. Uh, we should do that, Sylvester, that Stallone family reality show. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yes, I mean, use context clues. Yeah, I I get it. <laughs> I get it. I guess what I'm saying is when you say that one, you th- there wasn't an entry in my brain that you just connected it to. You just created that entry in the in that database. Oh yeah. Well, it's there. Okay. It exists. I yeah, I guess that's what we're watching next week. <laughs> That new Avatar like live action show comes out soon, and I do want to watch that as it comes out because it's supposed to be pretty good. Let's do that next week then for Josh. That's right. It come it comes out. It came out. It comes out this weekend, I believe. All so, right, next nice. week. Let's see here. Uh, my first note is that opening monologue thing was kind of hacky. We're seen it a million times before, where she's talking into the camera and like talking about something serious or mysterious or whatever and, and then just have you have to watch it you yeah. we have to watch it and then be like i know she's talking to a group of people i know she's not really talking about something that's 
what what it sounds like and then after a couple of minutes like i'm selling wine yeah that's <laughs> like, my job yeah. i sell wine which is a i mean it has to be a thing but it's not a thing yeah uh shay and i have bought cases of wine uh from various uh places that sell it and they can ship it uh, to you uh you can get some good deals doing that and uh one place i've sold i bought it from was the wall street journal uh it has like this service uh to sell wine and every once in a while i get a call from a sales rep from there trying to get me to buy more wine from them okay that yeah. that that answers the question i was gonna ask which is it it seemed like they didn't go to a store to meet with her like they were at a bar yeah i think she's like a uh a, a rep that like a supplier i don't that's not the or I, I mean, she's a rep for the wine for for the wine yeah, company, but she true. goes to she goes to bars and tries to convince them to carry their wine. And I don't think that's what was happening in that scene. I think that was somebody wasn't that a couple getting married and they were trying to buy the wine for their oh wedding. Maybe I must I might have misunderstood then. Regardless, it's just not an interaction I've ever even encountered outside of going to a wine store. That's what you call it, right? A wine store. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Uh, what's new? I got I got some notes. I got not many notes, but substantial notes. My, I don't have many notes either, and my notes, <laughs> for the most part, are, are helpful. But then there are some. There are some where I wrote something where I wrote literally, "What was she doing? I don't get it," and that's all I wrote. <laughs> uh. They were talking, they were at the winery, wine store, wine company, uh, talking about the event that they had that night, the karaoke, and uh, the boss yelling at the one employee that he can't sing anything for Moana. Yeah. Made me laugh. Um, Not a lot. That wasn't the moment that I was just like, oh, this could be funny. But between, as they were talking and her boyfriend comes in and starts talking about running into pit bulls yeah that was the it was the laziest hackiest joke it made me mad yeah it's just one pit bull what i did find funny um mostly because it reminded me of jokes that you and i have made uh frequently was when the boss was talking to uh what was his name matt matt and was talking about who's my quarterback and then she pretend throws a ball at him, which if he was a quarterback, he wouldn't be catching the ball. The boss? Yes. He. He. Thank you. Pretend throws a ball at Matt, which if he was the quarterback, he wouldn't be catching the ball. And then the boss says, Wayne Brady, that's who. <laughs> also very like funny, uh, funny joke. Yes, I wrote that one down. And then my next note is about how they uh, they're looking for like a regional manager or something like that, and they ask Beth uh, if she'd be interested in the job, and she says, "Wouldn't Matt? Uh, wouldn't Matt be a good fit for that?" And they basically said, "He makes us too much money as a salesperson. We're not gonna promote him." And I was like, "Fucking bullshit." fucking bullshit holding him back but what if it's a situation michael like, scott like um no not michael scott i mean same uh touchstone though which is the office where 
maybe he would make more money as a salesperson. She's not a very good salesperson. I'm guessing that this is at least somewhat commission-based. The offer on the table was a job that would make around 100000 which they're living in New York, right? Right. That is nothing. That's nothing. Whereas I would have to assume if he's a very successful salesperson, he could probably make more than that. Fair. Let him make that decision. That's true. The next scene is her with her mom at the department store. Yeah. I, this is the scene for me that sealed that this sealed for me that this show isn't for me. Like it was just cringy mom being a fucking asshole and Amy Schumer's character, Beth being kind of painfully, uh, passive in all of it and just kind of taking it for the most part the thing that really took me out of that scene is as soon as the mom went on came on screen i wrote is that her mom and then looked it up because i was right that actress is two years older than amy schumer do you think that they were trying to play Amy Schumer younger than she is or trying to play the mom character as older than she is? They say that Amy Schumer is turning 40 in the in the show. Okay, yeah, so then it's her Yeah, and and that actress at the at that actress right now I think is 44. <laughs> so 2 and years ago would have been 42. Yeah. And they didn't do any aging of her. It's not like they, you know, had any no. makeup or anything like that. Like I had the she's, same thought. She looks like she's yeah. a couple years older than her, if that. And I think maybe it's trying to... Here's here's my guess, artistically. Is that they won't want her mom to appear better than Amy Schumer, or better than she actually is, or something along those lines. It's probably a combination of that, because yeah. it's... It, Sets up even harder how much punching down she does on her. Right. And then it also is probably setting up the surprise at the end of this episode when she dies. Like, she's that young. She couldn't possibly die. You know, like yeah. it, it hadn't ever entered my mind that she was going to die in this. I knew nothing about this show. Yeah. So I think it, it or yeah, I don't know. That's the best I can do is why they would cast that actress as Amy Schumer's mom. They're basically the same age. And it, it can't even be the stereotypical Hollywood thing of like a, you know, man and a woman. And I, I don't know. It's questionable at best and very weird at worst. Yeah. I, I, I did like during that scene, there were a couple of things. She gets like really specifically hyperbolic in some of her statements. For example example i'm the happiest most content person in this entire mall and they're trying to sell like get her to buy a jumpsuit and at one point she says that it's the only jumpsuit that she's ever cared about in her entire life (laughs) and then she gets really mad at her mom and then storms out and then starts up like going like i don't know why i got mad which is pretty self-aware yeah uh, except that um the mom calls her out for being on her period and then she says that she's not on her period and then it turns out yeah 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 maybe it's setting up like i'm sure it's trying to set up some sort of complicated mom sucks but i'm going to be sad that she dies i don't know maybe it's a show i need to watch 
not because I have that sort of relationship with my mom, but it is the sort of relationship as I was talking in therapy like a year ago about that I do have with my dad where like, I don't fucking like my dad. And but when he dies, it's going to be complicated. You know, like, yeah. I think I got more grieving out of my father-in-law dying than I'll ever get for my dad dying. Yeah. yeah. Parents. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The worst. Yeah. Can't live with them. I just wrote down fireball in cap in all caps because I did some fireball. When did fireball become a party shot? Probably from the second it was conceived of. Who the fuck thinks cinnamon flavored whiskey is uh, a sipping drink? Well, I know one person. <laughs> but, um. No, I guess I don't think I guess I don't think that it's a sipping drink either or a, I guess it's I guess you're right. Like it's only to be done in shots. It's it's but not a cocktail drink because or like you can't put it in a cocktail because that cocktail is just cinnamon. Yeah, you'd have to do like an apple cinnamon or a Even then, I think it would end up overpowering. Oh no, have you ever mixed it with apple cider? No. Good. It's good. Uh I guess my point is I like Fireball, and the alcohol content isn't outrageous. And like, so like, we were at there, uh, there's two different kinds of Fireball. I'm aware. Okay. Uh, uh. So we were at a concert once, and we were at the bar, and it wasn't very busy, and we were getting our like we were getting like a beer or something. I saw Fireball over there, and I turned to Shay, and it was like, oh, shot a Fireball while we're here, and the the guy up behind the thing like laughed was like man if you were serious i'd pour you and she was like oh he's serious She's like all right you're crazy man i was like it's a shot of whiskey right <laughs> the last time we had you guys over did i bring fireball i mean i think shay you and shay brought fireball and it didn't get finished and it sat it Sat in my freezer until I think we brought it back one time to be like, you guys want some fireball? I don't know. I guess I'm a fireball fan. Sure. Oh. Ooh. Okay. No, we're going to talk about karaoke. Okay. Because they start doing random karaoke song. They start doing random karaoke songs in this. And it reminded me of... Uh. When I was in college working for the food service, they decided to do a karaoke night for the food service. And they decided to put me in charge of the karaoke machine, which I happily did. Nobody wanted to sing karaoke. So I spent the whole time throwing random discs in and picking random songs and singing them. And every once in a while, I'd get a song I didn't know, including the song I Write the Songs by Barry Manilow. <laughs> so I sang this song and just sort of like angrily growled about how I write the songs. And it went over really well uh, that a couple weeks later, we went and did karaoke and I went and did Bad Bad Leroy Brown and just like stunk the place up because I can't sing. And everyone's like, oh, all right. And then I I was like, well, I'm going to do that. I write the th songs thing again. And so I turned it in and I went up there and just was like screaming, I write the songs. I write the songs like a cigarette in my mouth and everything. And like 
uh, stopped singing, put the mic down, and the place just erupted in applause. And like I like I remember um because I got off the stage and I was still holding the cigarette and some guy like spotted me on the street like, hey, good job, man, and like knocked the cigarette out of <laughs> This is back when you could smoke in bars, by right? The way. <laughs> right. You've definitely aged yourself yeah. here, but Yep. I haven't had a cigarette in ten years. So that became my karaoke go-to and it has never failed to bring down the house uh including our friend ian once took a video of me performing it and put it on the internet and it went not that viral but viral for viral iowa yeah yeah yeah. so onesies if you want to go watch this video just go to youtube and search i write the songs michael tabor t-a-b-o-r I so I write the songs. Michael, it all it autofills in Bolton, Buble, Franks, Jackson, and McDonald. No Tabor. What? Nineteen thousand fifty-two. That's it. I thought it would have had like forty. The last comments on this. <laughs> what do you got? I was just scrolling through this to see a lot of the comments were from twelve years ago. I'm guessing it was posted around that time. But there's a one comment from seven years ago that just says, what crap, exclamation point, <laughs> sit down, exclamation point, and that canned giggles, exclamation point, crap. <laughs> I'm going to reply specifically to this one and put in. There, I just put in a link to our website commenting <laughs> replying to that comment so that person seven years later assuming they still use youtube is going to get it like oh somebody replied to your comment uh you should have waited so you could just put a link to this episode in there i don't have that kind of patience or rather i do have that kind of patience i don't have that kind of memory <laughs> i guess that's i guess that's all my notes the scene uh before they go to the karaoke bar where they're uh her and her partner are talking and she opens up a package and finds that it's a box of Sour Patch Kids um, because and he Amazon that for her because their local bodega stopped selling them was kind of sweet, I guess, in in sour in a vacuum. <laughs> um, but they live in New York City. There's more than one bodega. There's like right. There's got to be a, a one Sour equ- Patch Kids equidistant from the the bodega they usually go to has got to be a drugstore or anything. anything that's got sour patch kids i agree right dude sour patch kids cereal it already exists what yeah all right i'm trying it okay next week i expect a full report on uh how that tastes because it was good sounds awful getting to the karaoke bar was the scene that made me think Maybe I could watch this because her finding out that her mom died and then still having to go up to sing and singing. I saw the sign first just normally and like she doesn't have a great voice, but it's fine. Um, But then you can she does a pretty exceptional job of just like slowly kind of losing it. Yeah. But never outwardly like crying or screaming just like her singing becomes more and more just angry shouting by the end before she finally just stops and walks away. Yeah. Um, the angry shouting during karaoke is my thing, by the way. Yeah. So. Well, case in point, as far as her stealing jokes, 
But that was funny. I don't think it was enough to save the show for me. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's it, that first episode of not having Michael Sarah also was a knock against it. Yeah. Because I like Michael Sarah. Me too. I don't think I want to watch more. Yeah. I'm definitely not. Do you want to watch? Do you want to write an episode two? She just found out her mom died. I don't think our second episode's going to be uh, on a positive note, I guess. I think it should take place at the funeral. Okay. That's it. <laughs> okay. Episode two written, I guess. <laughs> I do have uh, a Michael's musing. Okay, fire it out. All right. Okay. So let's say you take a glass, like an empty glass, and you put it under your faucet, right? You start filling it up with water. You fill it all the way to the top until water's coming over the sides. Then you turn the faucet off. How come there's not water all the way to the brim? It was full. Um... I think maybe this is us diagnosing you with like Parkinsonian symptoms. Are you shaking and, and like dripping water out? No. Okay. But it should be like all the way to the brim. <laughs> Have you not, do you not experience this the same way? I can't tell you the last time that I intentionally tried to fill a glass to the brim that is like begging for water to be spilled somewhere. How often are you feeling shit to the brim, my dude? Never. Because you live life to the fullest. Never, because I put the glass under the faucet. I turn the faucet on. It goes all the way up. It starts spilling over the sides. I shut it off. There's like half an inch of space between the top of the glass and the top of the water. Yeah, water displacement would be like the thing. Like the, the water is coming down too forcefully and it's displacing that water out. Okay. But, I think. Okay. Metaphor for life fill your glass too full and <laughs> did i blow it, your mind it's not full anymore no you didn't i'm i'm looking for you to take it a half step further it's a metaphor for um fulfillment in life mind blown <laughs> dude uh any other streaming news from you no I watched the Netflix documentary about the making of We Are the World. Okay. How was it? It was pretty good. They tried real hard to show some drama and conflict that wasn't necessarily there. So, for example, <laughs> Lionel Richie and Michael Jackson wrote the song. Uh-huh. And um, they tried to get Stevie Wonder to write it with them, but he wasn't responding. Apparently, he's notoriously bad at returning phone calls. They had it all written, and they were, like, doing the demo when Stevie Wonder shows up. It's like, I'm ready to write the song with you. And they were like, oh, we already wrote it. But apparently what Stevie's response to that was was basically like, oh, all right, what can I help with? <laughs> And it being a documentary on Netflix, I'm sure they spent 20 minutes like building up the drama of this yeah. along with like dramatic music and shit. And then, yeah. And eh. then, like, Lionel Richie was like, Yeah. And you could tell Stevie was like a little disappointed or like, Oh, oh why wasn't I involved in that? But we tried to call him three weeks earlier and then it just like moved on. 
And then they it, it would show like they tried kept trying to talk about how like uh personalities like were were butting heads and they didn't show a lot of that. They did show like um like Paul Simon and Kenny Loggins were supposed to like harmonize and Kenny Loggins wasn't doing a great job and Paul Simon got a little snippy at him about it. I'm like, can I help you? Can I help can I help you do this? And Kenny Loggins' face was like, fuck off, dude. But so there was like that type of that type of thing. But other than that, it was just like Bob Dylan wasn't doing a great job and he, you know, like because everybody else is really good singers, but Bob Dylan's not a great singer. But then um Stevie Wonder and Stevie Wonder and uh, Quincy Jones helped him, and then he sang on the song. Like Stevie Wonder can uh, apparently can do like voice imitation, so he played it and sang it as Bob Dylan for Bob Dylan. And then apparently Quincy Jones just surprise, surprise, really fucking good at his job and talked Bob Dylan through it. <laughs> so, so like all these conflicts that were just like so easily solved, and then. They made the song and that was it. When you talked about conflict during the making of this, I expected at least one singer to come in and say, we're not the world. We're the people on the world. The world is the world, damn it. And just like really raise a big stink about it. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. It it was enjoyable and uh, you got some fun anecdotes and stuff, but it wasn't like like it was pretty low stakes. Yeah. I mean, mean, while they were trying to do was feed Africa. So, yeah. And no one in any universe would think that their song was going to like I the stakes were low even as they were writing the song it's yeah. not like they thought this song is going to be fucking huge and make you know yeah I mean it was and it I did. know it was yeah. but do you think they thought going into it like this is going to feed millions I think that everybody had a sense that it was going to be big Bruce Springsteen did interviews during the thing and uh basically says it's not a good song but it was a tool for a purpose and as that they did a really good job i think that's the only thing i i've watched recently want to wrap it up thanks for listening to the episode one podcast with michael and eric you can check out our website it's episode one podcast.com if you like the show leave a rating review on apple podcasts uh if you don't like the show Okay. We don't either. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't like this show, I guess stop filling your cup so full. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Last but not least, big thanks to Boz D for the use of the theme song.